Welcome to the Academy of Esports podcast. I'm your host, James O'Hagan. I get asked quite frequently about how do we coach esports? You know, imagine, if you will, you're a person who has to coach one sport. You usually have a practice set up. You usually have matches that take place and usually have your your students or your athletes that you have to care for. In esports, we don't always have the luxury of only having to take care of one game. In esports, some of our coaches have to cover four games, and that can make things very challenging. So imagine being a regular high school coach who not only has to coach baseball, but also has to coach basketball, football, and weightlifting at the same time. In esports, it's kind of the same thing. You have people who are trying to coach League of Legends, Rocket League, Smash Brothers, and a myriad of other games, whatever it may be that your school is interested in playing. So it's important for us to discuss what coaching can look like. Now, my background is in elementary education. I got my degree from Purdue University and graduated in 1999. I also managed to get a minor in coaching, focusing specifically on the sports of football and basketball. The, the class, while was very focused on things like physiology, movement, it also talked about how you formed a practice, how you developed your philosophies and your mindsets, particularly around the athletes that maybe you had access to. Uh, a, for example, a coach who is coaching at a very large high school in football, for example, is going to have a very different coaching philosophy and an ability on what they can coach if they're now at a very small high school. And I saw that in my time when I used to work for the Rockford Public Schools and I saw how they run their very large uh, football programs. And then to uh, put that in contrast, you look at a school like Forreston, Illinois, which is southwest of Rockford and is a district of only about a thousand kids total. But they were winning the D1, the Division One, which is the smallest uh, high schools by population. They were winning those championships on a regular basis. And it was because they designed their team around the lack of numbers that they had and the size of the players they had to be more related to uh, working on focusing on conditioning and things of that nature. In esports, we have to look at those things as well, too. What pool of students do we have available to draw from in order to build our teams? So while we may be very interested in games like League of Legends, Overwatch, Rocket League, Smash Brothers, so on and so forth, your IT setup may limit you on what games you can play. Your school board or your school's philosophy may limit you on the games that you can play. Um, because there are certain games that are going to not be allowed either by your school culture or by your board or your principal or even the IT department. It could be based off of game rating. could be based off of the technical needs of the program. It could be the technical needs of the game. So we have to think about when we're designing coaching experiences that we have to think first of what students are we serving and, how, and what games are we going to be able uh, to play. Now, also in these environments, it's a little bit of a mind flip for everybody because coaching is very different when um, in, in traditional sports versus esports. So in traditional sports, because I have a background in football and basketball, I can actually I was actually trained on how to coach those sports specifically. 
I am a bit of a content expert in those areas. When I step into esports, however, though, it's very similar to when I was coaching. I was asked to coach, and I really wasn't coaching. I was asked to oversee the chess team at one of the middle schools I worked at. And I'm not a chess, chess expert by any means, but they needed, they needed somebody to be able to work with those students in those environments. So what I became more of and what we need to start seeing ourselves in a lot of these cases is we, since we are not the experts of all of these different esports games, is we as educators should probably start seeing ourselves more of less than a coach and more of a general manager. And this is a, t a term that uh, the North American Scholastic Esports Federation recommends using when you're talking about the educator sponsor of your team. Because again, a lot of times the kids are going to be the content experts on the games. And what we have to do is not just allow kids to just play the games freely, but design practices and design a, a structure around what we're doing with these sports so that you do get the most out of your time and that it isn't just necessarily free-for-all play. So when I was coaching chess, um, I was the one who just made sure that we had a structure to the practice, that kids were knowing when to come, what time to be there. We set up some basic drills that we would use in the practice. And then when it was game day, I was the one who was making sure that kids knew when to get on the bus, where we were going. I was the person making the communications to other coaches. I was also the one who was conferring with my other uh, chess players on how we were going to structure uh, the match play because uh, we were supposed to put our best players against one another. Uh, we weren't supposed to necessarily uh, sandbag based on various uh, levels. So that was my role as the general manager and less of the coach. So if I was going to be a general manager of an esports team, and I have been in that capacity before with esports teams, is the first thing we need to think about is around the idea of growth mindsets. So when we talk about building up that growth mindset idea, what we need to do is figure out what our deficiency is or what we need to practice, developing a plan for what that practice is going to be to help us with that deficiency, and then offer time for reflection on did we meet the goals that we were looking to do, and if not, what we need to do the next time in order to meet our goals and to address our deficiencies. It's just like with basketball, we don't just necessarily take the ball and roll it out onto the basketball court. We actually have to uh, develop some kind of drills and some kind of plan in order to train for what is going to be expected um, in our matches. So with a growth mindset idea and with that in that same vein, we have to have a purposeful practice too. That's really the second thing that we need in these environments because without a purposeful practice, uh, we're just playing games, and that's not what esports is, and that's not what being a scholar gamer is all about. With a purposeful practice, it's going to have a pattern. It's going to have a set time of day of when it happens, what days of the week it's going to happen, and what that structure is typically going to look like. Even the best players in the world participate in practice. So, so a couple of the examples that I would give of somebody who is probably a better player than their coaches or could probably speak to a game 
better than their coaches that many of you may be able to relate to is Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson. Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Phil, a very good basketball player, but he was the one who helped design the practices that brought the Bulls together, that led to the triangle offense, the practicing of the triangle offense, and harnessing the talent of Michael Jordan. Because before Phil Jackson arrived, Michael Jordan, while still an excellent basketball player, was kind of left to his own devices by coach Doug Collins. Him and Doug did not get along very well. Michael Jordan went off and would score many points, but they weren't winning many basketball games. Phil brought in a structured practice and a structured mindset. A more recent example of somebody who I guess would be a expert versus the coach who they have would be LeBron James. Now, LeBron is a perfect example of being more of the coach on the floor. He's the person who a lot of the basketball players and even coaches defer to. He's the one who's probably calling the plays in the huddle. He's the one who's calling the game play on the floor of the basketball court. But no matter what, no matter what we're doing with these practices, that there has to be a structure. So as your general manager role, as you're working with your scholar gamers, to develop a, a plan of action that's going to get you prepared for the next play, you need to have what that practice is gonna look like. So again, just like with basketball, we're not rolling the ball out onto the court. In this instance, let's think of a game like Rocket League where you can actually practice different play scenarios. There's a thing called mutators where you can change the weight of the ball or the gravity, or you can change um, the type of game that's being played. You can set up conditions that allow you to practice different things like dribbling, passing, shooting. Um, in League of Legends, you may want to um, play three versus three on a different map and work on um, either taking out uh, the minions on a last hit so you can achieve gold practicing those things in a game like overwatch you may not want to do six versus six all the time you may want to do four versus six or five versus six so again you can set up various practice scenarios that are going to allow you to prepare for gameplay the other thing i would espouse to people who are looking to get into coaching esports is you still have to, no matter whether it's esports or traditional sports, we do have to talk about those, those physical things and mental things that students and scholar gamers need to do in order to be the best they can possibly be in game situations. So sleep. I know that sometimes it's laughable for high school students when you speak to them about the importance of sleep, but it is very important that they are at least getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night and that it's consistent. Even losing one night when you're, when you're not getting that proper sleep, losing one night can cause a tremendous loss of ability to perform the next day. They also need to be aware of their diet, what they're eating, nutrient-dense foods, vegetables, fruits, uh, lean meats, chicken, um, not frying up a lot of things, not a lot of fast food or processed food. All that stuff still is in play here as being a top-performing scholar gamer. And the other thing that we need to consider, too, is exercise. So again, talking about the purposeful practice, in your practice schedule, you may want to build in things like warm-ups. So stretching, um, movement, um, getting the body ready to perform, ready, ready, getting the heart ready 
to pump blood around as, as you are in those high pressure situations in games, working on breathing techniques before, during, and after practice is over, setting aside a day or two when weightlifting or conditioning, cardio conditioning takes place. All these things have a part of being a scholar gamer, and all these things have a part in coaching esports. The last thing uh, I would recommend that everybody does as well, too, who is looking to get into coaching esports because you are going to, as a coach or a general manager, going to be asked about certain things in esports. And the hot topic being, of course, violence in video games is I would recommend highly reading a book called Moral Combat. I will put a link to it in the show notes in the description of the of the show. Um, but that is a book that looks at the history of the research around violence in video games, and it allows you to be educated about why it is that what we are doing is good, why video gaming is very different than esports, and how it's going to support you in being a successful esports general manager or esports coach. That will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. Esports are organized competitive video games allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote good physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We can never forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. You may follow me on Twitter at Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N. And through the Academy of Esports account at T-A-O Esports. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of esports and education. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash taoesports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.